Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a neighborhood stands by their gay neighbors after the theft of a rainbow flag. The Trump administration has begun kicking HIV-positive soldiers out of the U.S. military. Ohio Governor John Kasich did something no other Republican governor has done. And the world celebrates the 200th anniversary of Silent Night. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Last May, Casey Handel, Zadette Rosado, and their two daughters moved to a suburb in the northwest part of Chicago. They proudly hung a rainbow pride flag behind their new house. Two weeks ago, they were surprised to discover that the flag had been stolen right out of their backyard and replaced with the U.S. national flag. Handel told WGN News, we were pretty devastated as far as Who would do this, and why would they do it? At the time, they didn't know their neighbors particularly well, but they quickly learned that they were in good company. It turns out neighbor Kim Fillion was done with the negativity in the air and decided to send a message of solidarity. She told WGN News, Frankly, I've grown weary of this, all of this hate, and I've got to say, it just seemed like there was one thing that I could do that I had control of. And so, Fillion planted a pride flag on her own front lawn. And she didn't stop there. She ordered four dozen small rainbow flags for those neighbors who wanted to take part in showing solidarity with the couple. Not only that, but several dozen people also volunteered to serve as secret Santas, dropping off small gifts at the family's home until New Year's Eve, which is the day Handel and Rosado plan to get married. It's been a tough year for the family as Handel overcame cancer, but the couple is looking forward to their wedding at the end of the month. Handel was surprised but touched by the gesture, saying, For every bad person, there are 100 nice people, and it is a really good lesson for them and for all the children in the neighborhood to see that there's good in this world, and it always outweighs the bad. Zadette added, For me... Whenever there's a bad situation, I always remember there's a silver lining. And this was our silver lining. The Trump administration has quietly begun to discharge HIV-positive soldiers from the U.S. military, despite the fact that they qualify due to fitness assessments and medical treatment and strong support from their commanding officers Two airmen were informed shortly before Thanksgiving that they were found, quote, unfit for continued military service, end quote. They immediately filed a lawsuit against Defense Secretary Jim Mattis after receiving the news they were being discharged. According to the Washington Post, both active duty airmen tested positive for HIV last year during Air Force screenings, 
After they started antiretroviral treatments, their doctors deemed them asymptomatic and physically fit to deploy, and their commanders backed their continued service. Both had intended to pursue lengthy Air Force careers after serving for more than half a decade in logistics and maintenance roles. Last month, however, the two airmen received word that they had been deemed unfit for military service and would be discharged. The stated reason? The U.S. military bans personnel with HIV from deploying to the Middle East, where the majority of Air Force members are expected to go. The airmen argue in their lawsuit that, quote, policies singling out service members living with HIV for starkly different treatment are an unfortunate vestige of a time when HIV was untreatable and invariably fatal. These anachronistic policies are no longer justified in light of modern medical science. Both airmen say they're confident they can head to the Middle East with no problem, so long as they take a supply of medication with them. But the ban on HIV-positive service members there officially renders them unfit to deploy worldwide, placing them in a category of service members Secretary of Defense Mattis once pushed out of the military. It's worth noting neither men were offered alternative jobs, which both airmen say they would have accepted. Lambda Legal and OutServe SLDN filed the lawsuit with partner law firm Winston Stronen on behalf of the two HIV-positive airmen. The legal team issued a statement this week which read in part, it's disgusting that the Trump administration is sending some men and women in uniform home for the holidays without jobs simply because of their HIV status. These decisions should be based on science, not stigma. Lambda Legal is suing to stop these separations and will not stop fighting until President Trump understands that there's not a job in the world a person with HIV cannot safely perform, including the job of a soldier. Ohio Governor John Kasich issued an executive order this week, 2018-12K, changing the anti-discrimination policy for state employees to include, quote, gender identity or expression, according to reports by local NBC affiliate WCMH. With just weeks left in Kasich's term as governor, the order bans discrimination based on gender identity and expression in state personnel decisions. The new language replaces the executive order put in place by Kasich when he took office in 2011, which included race, color, religion, gender, national origin, military status, disability, age, and sexual orientation, but not gender identity. LGBTQ advocacy group Freedom for All Americans says the executive order makes Kasich, quote, the first Republican governor of a state without statutory protections for LGBTQ people to issue an executive order protecting state employees on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity or expression, end quote. An outspoken critic of Donald Trump, Kasich has indicated he's considering a 2020 challenge for the Republican presidential nomination. And this may be an attempt to show GOP voters a more moderate side of the Republican Party. A statement from Equality Ohio lauded the move. They wrote, This leadership has never been more important. At a time when the basic rights of transgender people to exist in public, 
to serve in our military and to access basic health care are at risk. We applaud Governor Kasich for his recognition of our shared humanity with common sense protections. Although Kasich's successor, Governor-elect Mike DeWine, could rescind the order when he takes office next month, Freedom for All Americans reports that he has expressed an openness to preserving Kasich's executive orders. An assistant principal at a West Virginia high school has been suspended after a complaint was filed alleging he had bullied a transgender male student in a bathroom. Late last month, before boarding a bus for an after-school marching band trip, 15-year-old Michael Critchfield went to a boy's bathroom and asked if anyone was present before entering a stall. As a trans boy, he'd made a habit of checking to avoid potential confrontations. Critchfield and his parents have been open with the school administration since he began attending as a freshman last year that he is transgender. According to Critchfield, Liberty High School assistant principal Lee Livingood entered the bathroom and began harassing the student from outside the bathroom stall. Critchfield says Livingood yelled, Why are you in here? You shouldn't be in here. Livingood reportedly misgendered Critchfield continually and ordered him to, quote, come out here and use the urinal to prove he was a boy. He said, if you can't use this urinal, then you shouldn't be in here, according to Critchfield. He went on to say, what if a student said you were checking them out in here? Critchfield later told the ACLU of West Virginia he felt degraded and discriminated against. According to the Huffington Post, other students could hear the screaming coming from the bathroom and alerted a parent who was acting as a chaperone that day. The chaperone confronted the assistant principal outside the bathroom where Livingood allegedly admitted in front of Critchfield, not going to lie, you freak me out. When Caroline Critchfield picked up her son later that day, she found Michael terrified and traumatized. She addressed the issue with Liberty High School administrators the next day where she was told Livingood would not have any further contact with her son and that an investigation would be launched into the matter. But after several weeks, no update was forthcoming from the administration. Additionally, Livingood would reportedly station himself in the cafeteria during Michael's lunch period, which he hadn't done before. The family reached out to the American Civil Liberties Union of West Virginia for help regarding the incident. The ACLU of West Virginia tweeted, we're representing a transgender high school student that was bullied by an assistant principal in the boys' restroom. Today, we sent a letter to Harrison County Schools demanding resolution. Every child deserves a learning environment free from harassment. ACLU West Virginia Executive Director Joseph Cohen told the Daily Beast, it shocks the conscience that they've apparently taken no steps to discipline Mr. Livingood on this. Even though the ACLU and the Critchfields sent a letter to the superintendent of Harrison County Schools, Dr. Mark A. Manchin, neither received a response. That is, until the media began reporting on the incident. On Tuesday this past week, Manchin told local media that Living Good would be suspended without pay until 2019. He told West Virginia Metro News, quote, I was able to confirm the interaction with Mr. Livingood and that indeed he acted inappropriately. We need to address it and we will address it." End quote. However, 
with the Christmas holidays upon us, that suspension without pay until 2019 basically amounted to four days. The ACLU was not impressed, and they issued a statement saying, while we are heartened to hear the administration admit to wrongdoing, a four-day paid suspension of an employee is not sufficient. The Harrison County School District needs to make significant changes to its culture. We look forward to meeting with Mr. Manchin and developing a real plan to ensure that every student is safe." End quote. Mr. Cohen also underscored how the issue of harassment of transgender teens is literally a life or death issue. Earlier this year, the American Academy of Pediatrics published a study that indicated 51% of transgender male adolescents had attempted suicide. For a song to cross borders and oceans, cultures and languages, epochs and genres, one might imagine complex melodies and immense lyrics, not a lullaby for a troubled world. An internationally recognized masterpiece would certainly be the work of profound composers, not a humble assistant priest and a school teacher who played guitar, and yet this is the origin of one of the world's most cherished carols, Silent Night, celebrating its 200th anniversary on Christmas Eve 2018. Reminiscent of our own troubled times today, Silent Night was written in 1816 as a poem by Joseph Moore under Austria's oppressive rule, limited freedom of expression, and despair. Two years later, Moore asked Franz Gruber to set his words to music as an expression of solace, hope, and peace to be performed in Oberndorf near Salzburg, Austria. Accompanied only by the guitar, during Christmas Eve Mass at St. Nicola Church in 1818, the pair performed their composition, Silent Night. Over the last 200 years, Silent Night has become known as the Song of Peace, having been translated into more than 300 languages and dialects. It's the holiday hymn which brought a day of peace to the Western Front of World War I on Christmas 1914. It reminded soldiers of home and inspired the liberation of Austria from the Nazis during World War II. Bing Crosby's iconic recording of the song, released in 1935, is the third best-selling recording of all time. Recognized and listed by UNESCO as a work of intangible cultural heritage in 2011, Silent Night has become a gentle anthem for world peace, now and for our future. I'm going to close this episode of The Randy Report without country artist Ty Herndon's take on the iconic Christmas song, which echoes the same peaceful sentiment born 200 years ago in Austria. Never veering from thoughtful, pensive attention to the lyrics, Ty lifts his voice in quiet homage that is sensitive yet simultaneously brimming with emotion. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com and instinctmagazine.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Here is Ty Herndon and his take on the Christmas classic, Silent Night. See you next time, folks.
Savior is born. 